This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey, everyone. Before we get started, I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, We'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is, you can get all of this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So, whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports podcasting experience. Uh, Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com slash join. Again, that is bwhustle.com slash join. Check out the description box for this episode to find more, but that is bwhustle.com slash join. Join Chase Thomas pod the Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, we're back on a Wednesday morning edition of the Chase Thomas podcast. I'm still the aforementioned Chase Thomas, and I'm joined by old friend Kenny Ducey up there in New York City, where he is just always in the betting life. He is all over everything gambling at all times he doesn't think about anything other than uh sparrow pizza and gambling kenny good morning sir how are you you forgot one thing what did i forget it's gonna be important today i also only think about the new york jets well okay yeah so that is what a thought what a what a thing to spend a lot of time thinking about the new york jets because kenny i cannot as a mental health advocate on this podcast i cannot um i cannot just be okay with that uh that strategy and just uh to think about the new york jets all the time that doesn't seem like a fruitful endeavor long term it's very it's it's a sickness i can't control Mm. it it was forced upon me um at birth and i it look i don't understand you know being in this city there are people who the knicks are sort of a similar franchise when it comes to misery and Mm -hmm. there's people who have who've converted to being Nets fans and I just don't understand like I've tried to try to root for different teams I can't shake it there's no way out of this life this is the life that I'm just in and um 
I, so I, I don't, I, I don't, maybe it works for some people that they can change their allegiances, but as hard as I try, I can't not root for the Jets. I think there was a year, like five years ago, when I just said, I'm, I'm giving up. I'm not <laughs> rooting for them anymore. And mm-hmm. then, like the next week, my friend was like, didn't you say that you didn't care if they won? And I was like, Ryan Fitzpatrick's throwing touchdowns. We're back. So it's, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a fool. Hey, man, I'm, I'm from Atlanta. Like this fall was my weekends were spent with Tennessee football on Saturdays and Falcons football on Sundays. Uh, and it was just one of those where you ask yourself a lot, um, is it worth it? Is it worth it to just destroy my, uh, destroy my fun levels? every weekend for the foreseeable future because it doesn't seem like it's a, a quick remedy in either situation. Um, I wanted to bring you on today, Kenny, because the Jets are um, a fascinating team going into next year. Obviously, this was the year from hell for them with Adam Gase and friends, but they hire Robert Sala from San Francisco. They bring the uh, another coach from, I think, the running game coordinator from San Francisco with him to run their offense. Um, they have the number two pick in the draft. They also have Sam Darnold, who is a holdover from the previous regime, and Joe Douglas, the team's GM, does not have um, any type of commitment to him because he's not attached to him. He did not draft him, and Joe Douglas has been accumulating a bunch of draft deficits, and it looks like uh, his... 20, uh, 20 draft looks pretty solid at this point, and uh, that's why the Jets really brought him in was for his draft know-how, it seems like. But um, why are betters liking the Jets going into 2021? Why are, are they buying in on Zach Wilson at number two? Because Chris Sims did just release Zach Wilson as his number one uh, quarterback in this draft class. Um, what? Uh, why, why are betters liking the Jets in your estimation? So this is probably going to be a long answer, but okay. I, I will say I will, I will preface this with in sports. I, I think that the 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 thought the um, pe- people talk about a window chase. I feel like people talk about, oh, what's this team's championship window? And I think that that is a fallacy. I think that we've seen with teams that stack up young talent that that, you know, whether it's in baseball, I think about the Yankees years ago with their farm system, Judge Sanchez coming up. And, um, you, you know, there, there's plenty of teams, right, that they just have a bunch of draft picks and all these young guys peak early. This sports is all about young talent now. Um, you know, even even Mahomes. Right. What was it? His second year as a starter. He goes to the Super Bowl. So I think that the the um, the concept of needing to wait a few years to kind of develop your talent uh, it, it it just doesn't happen anymore. I think mm-hmm. everything is, you know, it, it's all about young guys performing before they're supposed to. So with all that in mind. The Jets do have five first-round draft picks in the next two years. Now, obviously, the next three drafts, four in the next two. Now, obviously, that doesn't help them this year, right? The, the first-round picks for next year. But what it does help them do is acquire some talent. So, you know, say that they go out and get Deshaun Watson, and that's a very real possibility. With three, for they could get rid of three first-round picks, get Deshaun Watson, and still have a first-round pick. Mm-hmm. On top of that, they have eighty million dollars in cap space. And they will anyway by the time free agency begins. Yesterday, they just released Henry Anderson. Um, this is uh, something that I learned from a tweet from Field Yates. And that tweet, the reason I learned it, was liked by Allen Robinson. He's mm. liked the last, he's liked four tweets in a row <laughs> about going to the New York Jets. Mm. And th- this is just one guy that's going to be available to them. So I think that this is a. You have a blank canvas. You have a general manager who's shown last year in the draft and with some of his decisions in free agency. He brought in some 
some offensive linemen that were projects, and they turned out to be okay last year. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he's shown Mekhi that he has a good eye good. for talent. Yeah, Mekhi Becton looks like it was a great decision. Um, you know, Wirfs obviously won a Super Bowl. At, they moved him over to right tackle in Tampa Bay, so he wouldn't have been a bad choice either. But, you know, it, he, he knows what he's doing. So I think that you have a general manager who's competent for the first time in a while. You have a good coach in Robert Sala. You mentioned that the offensive coordinator is going to be Michael Floor. They were considering mm-hmm. bringing over the, the running game coordinator. They bring in the passing game coordinator. Passing game coordinator, yeah. Like, that's a new it's, thing in it, the NFL now, where just all these teams now have passing game coordinators, running game coordinators, offensive coordinators. It's it's a lot to keep up with in these situations. Yeah, and you can never tell who's who's making what decisions right. either, which I think is I think is one of the interesting things. And, you know, we are in the era now of, you know, whether it's in sports or otherwise, you know, everyone gets credit for things um so it's no longer just the head coach right it's all it's everyone on the staff and, and mm-hmm. you, you know you go down the line talking about different people that make a winning team but you know back to the jets i mean it's 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 a situation where you have sort of a blank canvas and a good coach and a good general manager a bunch of money a bunch of draft picks and a, a, a few pieces there from last year's draft to build on so i don't think it's really the, the most outlandish thing in the world to see the jets could you know surprise people and make the playoffs you know, you look at the Chargers, it was sort of a similar situation last year, and they managed to, uh, I mean, they, they could have made the playoffs if some of those close games went the right way and they had a good coach. You know, maybe maybe if Robert Sala was the coach of the Chargers last year, their defense doesn't blow all those leads, maybe they sneak into the playoffs with the rookie quarterback. And I think that that maybe is the same sort of thing that, you know, betters are trying to chase, which is, well, it didn't happen last year with the Chargers, but it will happen eventually. So the next team to maybe look at is the Jets because not only can they draft Zach Wilson or Justin Fields, they can also, you know, go get uh, some stars on offense and on defense. They have a great coach. They could do it right away. So it's obviously all about value in Vegas. This is the value. There's They're one of the, you know, unlikeliest teams to win it all, but you're not going to really make money long-term just betting on the favorite every time. Um, that That's not going to do you, do you favors. So, I get it. Um, weirdly enough, I get it. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think they think it's going to happen. Just like someone laying down what ten thousand dollars on the Wizards to win it all two weeks ago. <laughs> but hey, you know sometimes when the odds are not right, you just got to take it. Um, what do you make of Sam Darnold's future with this team? Is there is there odds listed for where his next team is? Uh, I don't think so at the moment. And mm-hmm. a lot of those exotic markets are normally just, you know, a few of the offshores will do it for for the headlines. Um, mm-hmm. But no, I, I don't think I've seen anything. But I will say that, you know, a lot of people talk about um, any of these because a lot of teams who are in the Deshaun, Mar- Deshaun Watson market, right? It's like the whether it's the Broncos or the, the Dolphins, it's like, OK, well, you know, all those teams, right, they're going to trade the Texans, their young quarterback, they're going to trade them, you know, uh, Drew Locke or Tua, Tua or even Teddy Bridgewater is not that young anymore. You know, I, I just remember the early days of, you know, these these rumors coming out, these potential trade packages. The Jets are in a unique spot, right? They don't need to trade Sam Darnold for Deshaun Watson or, you know, for Russell Wilson or whatever quarterback they might go out and get because they have the number two pick. So they, you know, Sam Darnold could very if the Jets managed to pull off a trade for a star quarterback, which, again, remains unlikely they would still probably trade Sam Darnold to a different team, right? Mm. They wouldn't even keep him. So uh, it, it really is up in the air, I think. And I think we'll, more will come out or we'll, we'll, we'll figure out his destination. Uh, it'll become a little clearer once a few of these quarterbacks sign, once this quarterback carousel is over. It's kind of come to a standstill at the moment. But I, I you know, what, what I've been 
hearing uh, or, or reading rather, and also just, you know, it makes sense. He'll probably get traded on draft day. He'll probably get traded mm-hmm. right around the draft once, you know, uh, once the quarterback situations for a lot of different teams become clearer. I did think that he was a potential fit in Indianapolis. Of course, that vacancy yeah. is filled. I still think that the Bears could be a, a, a place for him, although I don't know if the Bears really see any big differences between him and Mitch Trubisky. But I, oh, I certainly don't oh, think... Oh, that's, <laughs> that, that's a little hurtful. I think there are some differences with Sam Darnold and Mitch Trubisky. I, I think that he's better, but I yeah. also am trying to be objective here and, and say, well, you know, a, a quarterback with a lot of arm talent and... Uh, a system that failed him and you know is that system that failed Mitch Trubisky going to you know you know reclamate Sam Darnold I don't think so anyway I I do think that there's enough talent there though where Michael LaFleur does truly believe I know that that's been a lot of posturing there's been a lot of talk positive Sam Darnold talk from the Jets trying to boost his trade value but I do think that it to some degree they do believe that they could make Sam Darnold into a good quarterback look at what you know, Michael Floor did with Jimmy Garoppolo. We learned mm-hmm. this year, Jimmy Garoppolo is really not that good. And he made <laughs> the Super Bowl. And he was really one throw away from winning the Super Bowl, right? O- overshooting his man late yeah. against the Chiefs. So I think that Sam Darnold has shown that that he is, he's shown the flashes, right? Unlike, I was having a discussion yesterday about Tua uh, on the air. And, and we were talking about the fact that, you know, w- has he made any throws? Has he had any, you know, moments where you've been like, yeah, okay. I see that. That guy could be good. Sam Donald's had those moments. And, you know, last year, he didn't really have many of them. He was hurt, and he kind of mentally checked out. So I do think that, you know, he's shown the arm. best receiving threat will make (laughs) you do that. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you just have, all you can do is throw three-yard passes to a guy, I mean, what what are you really doing? You're just going mm-hmm. through the motions. Um, and he did kind of miss Robbie Anderson. He didn't really have that guy that could take the top off. Um, and I do think that that sort of helped him out. So I'd be interested to see who they bring like in Mims, this though. offseason. I think Mims is going to be a good player. I like Mims, too. And he wasn't even there for like half the season. And yeah. I think that, you know, I uh, talking to someone who, who works with the Jets, I mean, that, you know, he, he was really, uh, the whole team was excited about Mims. I think that they know what Mims is capable of and he, he can high point the ball and, you know, he, he's, that was a good find for them late. Now they're going to need to, you know, find another, the good news is they have two first round picks. So they're almost certainly going to take a wide receiver with the 23rd pick and they should have their, their, a good pick of guys to choose from. Yeah, this is a good uh, draft class by all accounts for receivers. Um, ultimately, what do you think the Jets do, Kenny? Who do you think? Do you think they just go with a quarterback at number two? Is there a quarterback that you prefer? And also, do you think there is a quarterback that Joe Douglas, based on his track record, and the Jets might prefer? Um, what What do you think? And also, I, I I'll, actually I'll save this last part for the last question. But what do you think okay. about that? So I I. I... To me, I think the smartest thing to do would be continue to stack assets because I think that the Jets have shown uh, that they'll have they're going to have patience with Joe Douglas. I also think that Joe Douglas knows that this is not a a situation. I, I look, I think that they definitely believe they're in the mix for a star quarterback. But I mm-hmm. think that should that quarterback not come to New York, I think they know that you know they're they're still in this for the next few years. And I, I look, I know that it's a decent quarterback draft. You could 
have a pretty good one here. But I think the smart thing to do would be to trade down, maybe get another first round pick, maybe make it six first round picks in three years. And in that scenario, it's, I think it's very difficult not to have a winning team in a few years. And I think the new strategy in the NFL really is build your team and then add the quarterback. Mm. Add the young quarterback after the pieces are in place because you want to maximize, you know, going back to the concept of a window. If you have a rookie quarterback on a four-year deal and your team is ready to win, you know, you're going to have a great chance for four years. You can build around that quarterback because mm-hmm. he costs you nothing, right? That's how you that's what the Eagles did, that's what the Chiefs did. Once you pay that quarterback, you know, you're pretty handicapped elsewhere in terms of the salary. So, I do think that the smart thing to do would be continue to just stack assets like the Sixers did back in the day and just go ahead and and see if Sam Darnold can be the guy this year. And maybe if he's not, maybe you wait two years to take a quarterback. I think that as long as the organization's bought into Douglas, you know, building a team over a few years, then I don't think there's any rush to take one. But if I had to pick one, I think Zach Wilson is the guy upon more. I was all in on fields How you know, dare you? Uh, and the CFP playoff, right? Like I was all in on fields. I was like, they need this guy. He's a he's a tough guy. And then the more I've watched Zach Wilson film, and, uh, you know, it's everywhere on Jets Twitter. I'm like, OK, I do see it with this guy. He's ridiculous. Like he's specially, you know, he, he reminds you a little bit of, of why people love Baker Mayfield coming out of college for the way he can throw on the run and, and move around. I think he'd be pretty exciting. It's it's hard to miss with either one of those guys, but that's probably who I would go with. But I, I also do think that the Jets could still win by just, you know, trading down, taking a lineman and a wide receiver, you know, giving Sam Donald the keys once more and, and seeing what he can do. Yeah, I um I want Zach Wilson in Atlanta, and I have no idea what Atlanta's going to do at number four. Um, it's it's causing a stir in the Atlanta Falcons community, Kenny, uh, about what to do with that number four pick and how to approach the end of Matt Ryan's career, where he is the greatest quarterback in Falcons history, and how you do this. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm very concerned about how this all unfolds. But um, last thing, and we'll wrap up here, Kenny, because you have to go. Uh, quickly, Woody Johnson, no longer the ambassador in the uk he's back or how concerned are jets fans that woody johnson is coming back to hang out with his uh brother chris johnson running the jets again the the jets the jets fans are rejoicing because okay. christopher johnson did not do a very good job of running this team when woody was gone and i know that the jets ownership historically has been kind of a, a mess and kind of you know uh, a reason to not trust in the team and their direction but there is a growing sense that hey, things got pretty bad when Woody left. Look at where the team is now. Um, they locked into Do- Joe Douglas, but the biggest thing, I think, is the blame for Adam Gase goes solely on ownership. Ownership, Chris, Chris Johnson wanted Adam Gase. He thought that Adam Gase was going to be like Bill Belichick. They wanted like this executive you know, coach. They didn't want like a Rex Ryan again, like a, a, a player's coach. They wanted this guy who was going to be stoic, like an executive, this, this presence, right, an aura. And that is obviously not what Adam Gase gave them. And that was pretty much all due to Christopher Johnson. So I think that there's a actually renewed hope, a renewed sense of hope here and optimism that Woody Johnson's back, um, contrary to what the, the rest of, of football or the rest of football world may believe. I do think that he, he's probably the better of the two, although, again, there's obviously better owners out there in, in the NFL. But I, I think it'll help. All right, there you go. Kenny, thank you so much. What can we check out from you this week across DraftKings and the Action Network? I've got uh, I've got NBA previews everywhere on both sites and um, looking forward to the Miami Open will be, be in a, a week or two and then I'll have um, 
have some tennis stuff out for that. But yeah, it's 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 more of just uh, trying to find the value every day on the NBA, which can be uh, it, it can be really tiring and and a tough task. <laughs> <laughs> well, keep up the great work, sir. Um, I uh, appreciate you making the time, and thanks so much. Thanks for having me on, Chase. Always a pleasure. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.